The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go! You're wasting time! Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is J.K. Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Brack. Hey! What number is this? Oh my god, this is 218. Oh. Welcome to podcast number 218. Once again, I'm Melissa. I'm here with John and Frack. We are from the Leaky Cauldron, your number one and only stop for Harry Potter stuff online. And we are in for another week of Harry Potter news, theories, discussion, interviews, and lots of other fun stuff. Lots of other fun stuff, including something quite special this week. Um, You've been listening for the past few months. Uh, We wrapped up something called the Pottercast Acting Troupe, and it was an amazing effort by a huge group of people and some of them will be joining us here this week to talk about that process putting all that together and um, those of you in the live chat you'll have a chance to ask a couple questions and uh, it's going to be awesome and uh, in addition to that we have uh, your favorite canon based segment uh, the bit by bit it is we're talking about Deathly Hallows there's going to be a bad one Ah, well, last week was pretty sad. All of that and more. It's coming up. Coming up. All right, well, what's happening in the Harry Potter news this week, guys? Holy cow. Big week. Kind of big week. In the realm of Harry Potter news, this is a this is a middling to big week. Yeah, um, Elastic.com is re- is updating their site. They're calling it an all new Harry Potter experience. Interesting. What does that mean? Go on. No, it looks it looks kind of kind of older and kind of geared towards the legacy of Potter. Um, Makes sense. Transitional. Um, in a very it's a sort of darker, older wave fashion and that's i mean next week it's gonna it's gonna be updated uh-huh. um and here let me give you guys the link oh. they said that they are preparing an all-new harry potter experience there's no specific details yet but they will give readers the quote-unquote perfect home to start their hogwarts journey um that would be cool and that's a very quick turnaround compared to compared to when we uh uh changed things compared to when we update things leaky yeah. six leaky seven leaky eight <laughs> there is no leaky eight. Don't give me a heart attack. I'm sorry. All right. Well, third in the news this week, the, the we've had a, a big arrival at the park, and this I think oh, so cool is a hallmark of how much of our news is going to be taken over with park for the next few months. Oh. Yeah. Expect a, a big portion of it. The Hogwarts Express has been installed. Woo! We have a beautiful picture of it up on Leaky. That could not be any cooler. I didn't even think of the fact that like steam can be able to come out of it. I was like, oh, it's going to be a big... Real-life steam? It looks like it from the picture, like steam coming yeah. out the, the top. Aww. Like, I didn't think of that. It's going to be so quick, you're going to walk by, it's going to be like... It's a steam train. Is there going to be, like, some guy dumping dry ice into, like, a bucket, like, every five minutes? I think it's steam, not dry ice. Oh, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Same thing, isn't it? What's no, the difference? No, it's a little different. One's cold, it's one's just, hot. It's just going to be smoke billowing out of it. It's, it's going to be a cool. trick. <laughs> 
And if it was dry ice, it would kind of pour out rather than rise out. That's true. When do you, when do you guys bet the park will be open by? Summer. Like a soft opening. Like they just kind of open it and people walk around. And just- <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with next week. Next week? I got my flight. I'm going to be like, let me in. The 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 journey the the dragons challenge says that it, it is a different ride each time, which unless they're hiding something up their sleeve has to be a little bit misleading. I think it's just if you take the different track. I that, that track has to be, or it just it could be something that legitimately if you win like so every time it's going to be a little different because it, you're flying against somebody else so you can never ride the same thing. All right, number two in the news this week, Daniel Radcliffe is once again talking about the end of Potter, the wrapping up of the films, filming the epilogue. I mean, we're going to be hearing a lot of this out of Daniel for the next 1.5 years. Yeah. Here's here's what he said this time. I did have a moment. (laughs) This time. I did have a moment the other day in the makeup room that I've been in for 10 years now. I did walk in and go, wow, this is hitting me. One day in about four or five months from now, which means they're going to be done filming in the summer. Uh, I'm going to walk in here for the last time, especially since after we're done shooting, they're redoing the entire studio, tearing down and starting again, which is about time. They could have done it 10 years earlier, really. It's going to be amazing. A big investment is going into Leaveston Studios in England, and they'll finally have their third film studio. The whole of Leaveston is being turned into a a British uh, film studio, which I think we discussed last week. Um, So, yeah. So, they're going to turn it into, into a functioning studio. And they're also making it possible to tour the old Harry Potter attractions. Oh, um, the cool. Are they going to keep the Great Hall? They're going to make like a museum. Well, the Great Hall is busted, right? It's destroyed well, now. Yeah, I mean, unless they're going to rebuild it again, but they had to destroy it for the battle. Oh, that's right. I want to mention also that Daniel did, Daniel talked about this during an interview that he did about his new his renewed involvement with the Trevor Project, which is a project um, that fights the stereotypes against homosexuality uh he did this interview with the ap it was listed on live stream and you can find that all on our website that was cool i think i did actually watch that uh week ago isn't that kind of old that uh... we haven't recorded in two weeks oh i know but uh that <laughs> was just want to double check he's watching the right was that, was, that, was that the one where the guy yeah. asked him um what he thought of the rumors of whether or not he was gay well, he Daniel maintains in this interview that he was straight, that he is straight, right? And the the he he supports the Trevor Project because he's had so many friends who've been so badly affected by by the stigma and you know of what comes what comes with that the fight for rights when you're sure homosexual definitely. What's number one in the news this week, guys? Number one in the news is uh, the, ugh, I wish I had the pictures ready to go here. The coolest things. <laughs> Why don't you have the pictures ready to go? I can get. I can replace get. your face with them. Replace my face, <laughs> with them, please. I would much rather look at this other picture than my face. Well, as you guys know, since, this is since so January, cool. the entire Harry Potter phenomenon, phenomenon, the entire Harry Potter fandom has been coming together to raise money for Haiti. We did a large drive. We raised one hundred and twenty-four thousand dollars, which was going to be enough to send three planes to Haiti, full of life-saving. In, Very, very important medical materials. Well, we have some big news in that area. A couple of different things. One, the the plane entitled Harry is already is already on the ground in Haiti with I I think it's sixteen thousand pounds of of uh, life saving equipment. Really, or 
really astonishing. So surreal. No, I just can't believe it's, that happened. I know. Hermione is getting ready to take off. <laughs> <laughs> What's, she's probably she, putting her makeup on here. What's the whole thing? She's just be a mile behind you, a mile in front of you. She'll be followed by Ron. Yeah. And then we thought that we had raised just enough for three planes, but we actually, the Partners in Health, the organization that is doing all this, who, by the way, is run, the organization is run by Roald Dahl's daughter, Ophelia. Oh, um, who's that? Yeah. Roald Dahl. Roald, he wrote James and the Giant Peach. Oh, Matilda. yeah, yeah. Great. He's, he's got a lot in common with Joe. Look at the pilot. Look at the pilot in that picture. With That's the Harry so Potter cool. Pilot. It's so, so, so cool. He's so, got a book. Yeah, look at him. He's like a BA. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he's got a book. He's, he's like, got aviators. Cool. Goblet of Wait, Fire. So listen, so listen. We, we were so excited that we had raised enough for three planes. And we were going to call them Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Joe was very touched that those three planes were going to be called Harry, Ron, and Hermione, flying into Hayden to help. Partners in Health worked out a deal on the planes so that our money actually bought five planes. What? Five planes. The fourth one, because they were such big helps and they were so fantastic, we named it after um, the Nerd Fighters. It's going to be named <laughs> the Nerd Fighters going That's down really to cool. Haiti, which is just so great because John and Hank Green were so, so instrumental in helping us raise all that money. Yeah. The fifth one will be named Dumbledore. These are like massive planes. Like these aren't little You're- prop planes or anything. These are like jets. These are massive. They're enormous. Look at all that! Look at all that equipment! Look at all that food and life-saving medical supplies that are that, that are going to where they are needed. Five planes of it. Do you know how many people that's going to help? That's crazy. It's so rare. It is so rare that we see, in physical terms, the results of a charity effort. You know? Yeah. I mean, look, it's right there. And it's just cool. Like they took pictures of it, so that just makes it even more like real not that we didn't believe it before but it's just it's very validating for everybody who spent time and money just to see like wow that's like my donation is like some somewhere hidden in one of those boxes that's going to help somebody it's just it's, it just gives it a lot more texture i, I love that yeah. i was eating up those pictures we um we pulled the prizes last night <laughs> and if you want a prize you'll be hearing you know, you've probably got an email already, but it's going to take us a while to email 100 people. If you want a big prize, you definitely heard already. <laughs> um, and all people who donated and, and we have to get in contact with people, don't worry. Everything's coming. Just give us a moment to process all this. The We pulled for the J.K. Rowling books, and it was quite an astonishing moment. How we were working the drive was that – I mean the pulling of the prizes – was that we had – taken out each category of prizes and the people who entered into them and put only their transaction numbers in an Excel document. So that's all we could see were just faceless transaction numbers. Then we were doing random.org and picking the using random.org to pick the number of the line on the Excel spreadsheet that would contain the winner. So we were doing this all on live stream and recording it so that everybody could see exactly how we were doing, how we were pulling the prizes. And we have an actionable record of it, right? Uh Uh-huh. My father's organization won the books. <laughs> That's just my father's impossible. electrical contractor's organization, about two days before the end of the drive, my dad came to me and said, and said, we want to donate $1,000 to Haiti. Should we do it through your, through your effort? I'm like, yeah, put, go in, go in. You get 10 tickets for the books. Maybe you'll win, and then you can redonate. And they said, yeah, yeah, we can redonate them and do it for our scholarship fund, et cetera, et cetera, because we have no reason to 
you know, to, to keep them or the organ the association has no reason to keep them. So they won, they won them and they're going to redonate them. And we're still working out the, the way in which this is going to happen, but you are going to get another chance to win these books. And that money's going to go to education. And part of it's also going to go to camp Kiwanis, which is a camp for underprivileged children in um, upstate New York, where they take um, kids who have very bad socioeconomic backgrounds or are mentally ill and they take them and they give them a summer camp experience and just a joyful summer that and it's a awesome. wonderful it's a wow it's just such a wonderful organization it's it's just the books they just they keep giving <laughs> the giving <sighs> books i just it was can't great. believe you managed to rig the the website Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that's a real i was waiting real for good skills there like little, there was nothing else. There's nothing more I could do to have sh- to show that we were. There was literally nothing else I could have done to show that it was totally legit. Here's here's how you know it was legit. I had a one in six chance of winning the only thing that I really really wanted, which is the Bon Jovi poster, and I didn't. So there. Aww. So that's all our Haiti news. We will ha- we will have more updates. If you want more immediate updates, you should follow twitter.com slash tweet aha that's twitter.com slash tweet aha that is the twitter of the newly named um aha organization that andrew slack is starting which is um aha stands for arts healing and activism Hmm. and it's a chance to expand on the hp alliance and bring other fandoms and other communities into it so twitter.com slash tweet aha 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 Okay, guys. I don't even know. For all that and more, go to leakynews.com and we will see you in the rest of the show. Excellent. All Excellent. right. Let's do a little bit by bit, guys. Bit Let's do by it. bit. Bit by bit. Day by day. Bit by People okay. talking about <laughs> chapter 24. Call the one maker. Then we learn about lore. <laughs> what? It's called the one maker, and then we'll learn about lore. What? The bump. Don't we have a bump here? Um, it already played. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. No. Should I have heard it? I already closed it. All right. Well, we'll pretend you heard it. Should I have heard it? I shall talk like this. Why am I in the big? Like window? an elf. Why are you in the big window? Oh, I've been in the big window for quite some time. Somebody else should be in the big window. I know. How about How do you draw a transfiguration? I just put it to Frankie a second. Frank, what makes you think that of the three of us, John and I would be the people to answer that question? Well, because I'm drawing – I drew you can spell a Martha. potion bottle Ooh. on a green page and then a plant on a yellow page and then like a wand with wispy stuff coming out of it for like <laughs> blue for a charm. You can't draw a charm. It's intangible. But but wispy. Shut up. <laughs> and then like for this one, like trans like transfiguration is something. So there should all something in half? Like half maybe this, show, half that? Maybe show it's 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 changing? Yeah. Like do that. like a rat turning like into a goblet? Ferverto. Ferverto. Oh, jeez. <laughs> one, three. two, three. One, two, three. <laughs> okay, can we can we go on and a bit? Bit by bit, we're here. We're in chapter twenty-four called the Wand Maker. We last week we left off talking to Grip Hook, mm-hmm. and we just we left the room, and that he agreed to help them break into Gringotts, and now we're moseying on down the hallway of Shell Cottage and going to Ollivander's room. And so, actually I actually have a clip to start us off. Oh, good. That's what I was waiting for. I'm like sitting here going, doop, 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 doop. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Actually, you know what? That clip skips a little bit, so. So you're not going to play it? Um, no. Because <laughs> it's too long. It's too what? John. Sorry. All right. Um, so, um... One of one of the first things that um, that that Harry takes the chance to um, ask Alivander is uh, is whether or not um, his his um, his broken wand um, can be mended, and um, Ollivander pretty much says no. Uh, nope. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Move on. Unless you have an elder wand to do this spell, <laughs> he said. There's no known method. What are your guys' thoughts on why it was important for Harry's wand to? break and spend so much time being broken Is over it, the course like literally i mean i mean liter air literarily there you go <laughs> <laughs> i mean is it just because he had to have a reason to be using the elder wand in the first place he, he didn't have the elder wand no it's like at the end of it it was for us to teach to it was to teach the reader about um wand lore and wand allegiance because if he would his if his wand never would have broken we would have never really learned about how the wands learned with the wizard and the fact that, you know, well, I guess we could have looked at that. We could have learned about that because of the, what it did to Voldemort's wand. Yeah. But him, but him like stealing the wand from, he probably would have never stole, um, oh, sorry, stolen Draco's Stole. wand. And then yeah, he would have never I mean. got like, the allegiance right. of not, the elder wand. It's not actually. Co- I guess okay. It's not the Elder Wand, but it but, takes I mean, on the power. Literally, of the no, the he could have still stolen the wands at that moment because his wand didn't have to be broken for him to want to disarm Malfoy. See, but so, I think. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll let you finish. No, I'm I'm done. Okay, I was gonna say because if he would have had his wand when they were captured, the wand would have been taken from him, which right. is fine. And then it's still out of commission, uh, story device wise. That's fine, but. Because we wanted, she wanted to be able to reinstate his one at the end of the book. She took it out of commission a long time ago. It was just chilling in his pocket. So instead of it being stolen by someone else, it broke, and it was a nice little drama with between Harry and Hermione. And Harry got to feel like what it was to use a borrowed wand, all that kind of nonsense. Yeah, so. it did sort of start the indication that the, this was really going to be about the whole book was going to be about. Um, what happens when a wand is not your own, when your your mated wand is not the one that you're using. And it should have been an indication that this is really what like the big story turning point was gonna be, but I was I was pretty late picking that up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's there, amazing how you how willing you are not to pick up on the giant clues when you're reading a book like well, yeah, this. Yeah, we were so interested to see what you know, what important thing Ollivander's gonna talk about and just fly right by the actual important right. stuff and thinking that it's not right. well, all that quote unquote boring stuff tip. that like history that's that was the important yeah the wand chooses the wizard is the most important possibly the most important line plot wise in the entire series yeah and we're all just like yeah, yeah, yeah the wand chooses the wizard well yeah interesting quote coming up here from from Ollivanders because they asked him to identify the wand that they had and uh, he said you know this was the wand of Draco Malfoy and Harry's like, what do you mean? Like it was like, isn't it still? And, and what was the adjective he used with that wand? What um, okay, for for um, springy? Springy. Okay, yeah. yeah. I love that kind of stuff. Like when he talked about Peter Pettigrew's brittle. I like how and then and uh, Bellatrix's unyielding. So I love <laughs> how the those adjectives yeah. describe those characters. How does so brittle well. describe Peter Pettigrew? Look, well, he's kind of like 
He's so like I would. His character is very brittle. He's just. He, I would say he endured and hung on for quite a long time. And he, like not his resolve, just his like, like his, the, the strength quality of, his... of character. Well, like yeah, you know what I mean? Like I, I mean, I'm talking about like that a regard. brittle friend, shoddy, yeah. yeah, crappy, yeah. Because look, at, he was Quality with Vold- he was with like the Marauders, and then he went with Voldemort, and then he 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 kind of wavered brittle, a little bit when he tried to save, like he when he hesitated, you know. Right, it's not lasting. It's willing to snap and go towards the next. Yeah, yeah. and just one of those things that if if something was. Brittle has a connotation of being stubborn as well. You know what I mean? But stubborn in the sense like, you know, like you want to bend with like, you know, like what was that that proverb about, you know, the tree that bends will survive the storm and the tree that fights mm-hmm. the wind will just will break. And so like right. something brittle, it's having stubbornness without strength, you know? So I thought, I thought it suited him well. Sorry to come but, out of um, it. But. And springy, I guess, Drake, I, I don't really – because it works for Draco because he came back. Oh, Draco switches his Dra- – Draco finds what's most useful to him at any given moment like that. Oh. Like that. That's smart. Very true. Do you see what happened with when in, in, in the battle? Yeah. I'm one of you. I'm one of you. And he had just had his life saved by Harry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? All yeah. right. So as we get past this chapter, into this chapter more, we see that Harry discovers that Voldemort is on the lookout for the Elder Wand. Um, Ollivander tells him that Voldemort questioned him, questioned him <laughs> about the Elder Wand. The Dark Lord had always been happy with the wand I made him until he discovered the connection of the twin cores. Now he seeks another more powerful wand. So again, Voldemort believing in the power of magically powerful objects and not in a person's strength. He believes that power will be given to him because he will conquer. He doesn't believe that he'll get powerful from being a strong person. He thinks that's all wishy-washy. It's kind of like new age to him. Yeah. Like, oh, I got to get in touch with my chakra. (laughs) (laughs) He thinks thinks it's fruity. The idea that you you become more powerful than than him for... Well, I mean, you know, does Ollivander actually believe in the idea of the Elder Wand? Yeah, he says he does. Yeah, he he does. says that it's um, people who follow Wand Lord. It's almost in just you know, like it's too prevalent without history, throughout yeah. history, and the fact that he they even talk, talk about how you have to kill for to win its allegiance. And he says, I don't know if I have to, but it certainly has a bloody past. Yeah. And so, speaking of what you just said. So, it isn't necessary to kill the previous owner to take true possession of a wand? asked Harry. Ollivander swallowed. Necessary? No, I should not say that it is necessary to kill. There are legends, though, said Harry, and as his heart rate quickened, the pain in his scar became more intense. He was sure that Voldemort had decided to put his idea into action. Legends about a wand or wands that have passed from hand to hand by murder. Or wands. Is that the only time in the book they talk about the possibility of there being more than one elder wand? Or about the possibility of a wizard having more than one wand at any given time? I think it was more in the general term of like the elder wand or the death stick and just kind of before it having an actual 
def- definite like, oh, this is the same wand? Or are you like, I think it's one of those things that you could say like, well, if there's no Elder Wand, there has been, there have been wands throughout history that have traveled, you know, through death. But in our case, like he's like, Harry would assume that all those wands are the same wand. There's just maybe with the plural was the incidences rather than the actual wand. That's what I got from it. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. I'm just, I just can't help. Oh, you know what else is, uh, is it is possible to have more than one wand? Uh, and if, if we're taking no, you know that that's just the movie. No. But Snape has two had two wands in the movie. Remember he had okay. the special yeah, little let's, wand let's not, in his little toolbox and he unravels here. it. And he's like, "Oh, yeah, this will be the one I use." Of torture. Harry. Yes. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Was I didn't fourth like that. Movie? About the that was the fifth movie. Remember the fifth that? movie. What part of the fifth movie? When he's practicing occupancy with Harry in the in the room. He like unrolls his. He unrolls his, his little torture his bag. Jim's toolbox of torture. Yes. No. With, you know, he's got like a little chisel, and a little hammer, and like an extra wand for extra torture. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 I didn't like. This is my mean stubborn mom. bottles. Yeah. I always thought that was clever because it, may, it meant that like if Voldemort ever did the priori spell, then he would never see Snape practicing occupancy with anyone, and he would have questioned that. Yes, but could Snape really be doing be doing good magic with this other wand? I don't think. Oh, I don't think more than one wand chooses you. You could have more than one wand, but it's not going to be your good wand. You think one wand knows if another wand chose that person previously? Yeah, absolutely. The wand, a wand, absolutely. I think can sense. If it has another owner, I mean, like, what about certain you know parts of the country where it's it's you know legal to have more than one wand? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about right now. <laughs> He's making a feeble attempt to a jab at no me. No one wants this big love. <laughs> awesome <laughs> season finale. <laughs> wow, good word. that's a mean word. Yeah, we're gonna move on from that, John. Why don't you play the next clip? All right, playing the next clip. You don't think it can be a fairy tale or a myth? Hermione asked hopefully. No, said Ollivander. Whether it needs to pass by murder, I do not know. Its history is bloody, but that may be simply due to the fact that it is such a desirable object and arouses such passions in wizards. Immensely powerful, dangerous in the wrong hands, and an object of incredible fascination to all of us who study the power of ones. I laugh at um, Hermione. Hermione's, yeah. <laughs> He's like, her please hope. let it all just be a stupid story. Right. <laughs> Surely on. this is ridiculous. We have... Surely we're not actually having this discussion, Alexander. Yeah. Just tell me it's not so. We you have know? All, all, far more important things to be figuring out <laughs> in her mind. Oh, Hermione. I love Hermione. Yeah. Well, speaking of those more important things. Mr. Ollivander, one last thing, and then we'll let you get some rest. What do you know about the Deathly Hallows? The... the what? asked the wand maker, looking utterly bewildered. The Deathly Hallows. I'm afraid I don't know what you're talking about. Is this still something to do with wands? <laughs> Harry looked into the sunken face and believed that Ollivander was not acting. He did not know about the Hallows. Do you think that's true? Yeah. He's no reason why, I think it's Harry. true... I, guess. I don't believe that Ollivander's, somebody in Ollivander's position would have not 
heard a rumor in all of his life about yeah. the Deathly Hallows. He's an old when man. they're in books, yeah. when there are people, it's like saying to somebody, "Do you not know what the? Have you never heard of the Grail? Yeah, you guys have all heard of. Even if you don't know the lore, you know the Grail. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. It's that's true. I think that's just a weakness on. I think. Yeah, because like if he's the elder, like he's he studies wand lore, elder the elder wand. He would have by looking into just the fact that the elder wand, there had to be at some point in a book or a scroll somewhere. Like oh, the elder yeah. wand to hollow. Huh? He's a celebrated children's book. He's very old. You're gonna tell me he hasn't heard of this book? Maybe he just forgot. He just forgot. He is. I don't he think he would forget this. Wizards dementia. So I mean, I think dementia. The, it's funny because we say this, but you ask Joe and she'll have she'll of have thought of it would. and she'll have the exact reason why he'd ever heard of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, we Maybe say this, but then if you ask her, she'll know. Text her. No. Tweet her. Do we still have that number for the, the muggle liaison office? Muggle liaison office, we do, but we have to use it at very specific times when we're allowed to. That's Otherwise, true. the line is closed. It's like, it's like right now. During the eclipse. I think the idea of this of this myth is just baffling to her that they're considering it in reality. Yeah, and she's so by the book. Even she's like, even if it is true, Dumbledore wanted to go over this. Like she, she probably doesn't believe it, but then she kind of resorts to logic to jab back. Like you know what? Even if it's real, it's irrelevant because we need to be focused on this right here. You know, she's like, she's like, well, this this is our plan. We have a plan. This is our plan. (laughs) Come on, don't stray from the plan. What's the matter with the plan? Yes, there's a plan. Why would you not follow the plan? Like the idea to go chasing after something that might not be real is just so abhorrent to her nature. She can't even. <laughs> she can't even deal with it, and I love her that. Soul about her. is as dry as the pages of oh. which she so <laughs> desperately <laughs> cleaves. <laughs> that was such I a great love, line. Uh, From the movies, it's fantastic. Was that not in the books? That was no, a good was. line. Yeah. That was a good was, line. Then oh no, actually no, was it in the books? No, I don't know. A little bit overboard for the book. Yeah, but yeah, similar. that was a. It worked for the film. That that's another example of I like liking what happened in the film a little more than the book, I guess. The other one being the lily fish. Blasphemy. The lily fish was awesome. I'm sorry. The lily cute, fish was cute. Cute. That was sorry. beautiful. The lily fish was beautiful. Mm. All right. Well, as all of this was going on, um, Harry's having pain in his scar, as he's had from previous times in, the, in in this book where he's getting more visions of what's going on with Voldemort. The spider-like hand swooped and pulled the wand from Dumbledore's grasp, and as he took it, a shower of sparks flew from its tip, sparkling over the corpse of its last owner, ready to serve a new master. At last. Can we talk about for a second the creepy sentience of the wand? Like the wand is in the tomb anxious and yeah. ready to be, to be put back into action it's not made for inaction yeah you know yeah like See, that one is creepy i don't know why it gave voldemort sparks when he's not the one who owns him yeah because he, he it was, was it was just anxious that like his particular wand was anxious because i mean that wand whether or not it has the title of the elder wand it is the and its one. ability anymore. It is the I know we keep, yeah, but it doesn't have. But I thought Draco's wand was Draco was no, the true. There's there's two there's two elements so of it. There's the physical wand, which yeah. that is the elder wand, and that never changes. Yeah. But then there's then there's who owns it, who whose whose essence controls it, and it's that, whoever the wand looks to. 
Yeah, but the wand was was ready to be used. Period. Even if it wasn't, it's. That's true. So it has. It's still the elder wand. It's still his old wand, but it doesn't have. It's not like in its full effect, full power for Voldemort, because Voldemort was never the the proper. The, the it's proper just master. it's like you using someone else's like underwear. It's weird. Mm. Yes, Frack, that's exactly what. It's <laughs> I don't know. Good thing anything good. Um, no, it's just it's one of those things like you. you know, it's like a pet. You know what I mean? It's 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 object. She said it's as sentient as something that it. It's right on the border of being sentient. You know, like it's almost like it's like a computer. I would say. You sit down at somebody else's computer, you just don't know how to work that thing right. That's true. It's that's that's a very good way of putting it. That is true. Because it's like you can navigate it and you can probably check your email and stuff, but mm-hmm. to use it to it's, its full extent. It's not going to respond to your touch. You need – yeah. That's a good way of putting it's it. It's not going to your keys set up. <laughs> I'll allow it. That sounds all right. I'll, I'll allow it. it. But it's so – it's – the desecration – I mean we know Voldemort's an evil guy, but just adding insult to injury – the lack of respect for life, the mm. lack of respect for death, that he would go into a tomb under any circumstances. Yeah, it's like, was, was was Dumbledore sealed in the solid mm-hmm. marble or just in a case of I mean, marble? it would have a lid or something, right? I imagine him in solid marble. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, think he's, I think he's encased in there. I think yeah, it's I mean, sealed like, up. Like, 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 no like to covered breathe. in marble, kind of like... Um, is if you put him in a gym, like you encased him into <laughs> a gym. Not breathing very much. Well, but we saw it happen. He, 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 they, they put his body on the table or whatever, on the altar or whatever. They did the ceremony and then they did the the, the, the spell and it turned into marble. I doubt it turned into something with a lid. Like I guess it's it, – are you imagining like there's a vacuum inside or there it's all marble inside? I think he's, he's in there, but I, every other – piece of space is marble that's what i did too okay good that's how i met so there's no air in there none because then he wouldn't decay oh so they like han soloed him and like but the opposite the opposite of han solo because i was gonna say han solo because like it was wrapped around him yeah like it's like uh, but now it's like he's just like smothered like putting a pillow over someone's face and then turning it to marble like a mold or filling someone in a bath like freezing somebody in an ice cube okay but marble it Creepy. says the wrappings fell open. The face was translucent, pale, sunken, yet almost perfectly preserved. So there's, it looks like there's a little air, mm-hmm. probably in the wrappings. Yeah, mm, a little bit, not a lot though. I can always use magic to prevent him from decaying. Just so creepy, the idea of like magical like preservation of a body. Yeah, I don't think they. I don't think he would. I don't think Dumbledore would want that. I think it's it's like this is my body and. Yeah. What of it? Let, it? let it do what it's supposed to do when it dies. Yeah, it's not him. You, know? you don't think he expected Voldemort to come for the wand? He did. I think he did. But remember, he, he never expected, expected Severus Snape to have ownership of that wand, right, so that when right. so that when Snape, the time came, Voldemort wouldn't. You know, somebody who knew the secret of it would be able to control it. That's yeah, someone right. who's willing to giving up their life, but <sighs> there never the wand was never taken from them. <sighs> did do do we think that Dumbledore had the realization? Snape didn't control the Elder Wand at the moment Dumbledore died. Did he, or did, did you think that all happened too fast and he didn't have a chance to really recognize that he had been disarmed? Snape? Snape no, once realize? once Vol, uh, once Draco disarmed him, that's when he knew. You think? But do you think? Do you Snape think that's knew? why he was he was begging so hard with him to to come to his you know to like first have them hide him? Probably a whole other aspect to it. You know, I mean, that just like I think he would prefer that anyway, but him. Knowing how plan-ish Dumbledore could be, thinking, crap, what do you have to do with Draco, you know? 
And so now he's like, come on, to our side now even more. Well, why doesn't Snape then, realizing, oh, Draco's the, the guy now, why doesn't Snape disarm Draco and then Snape's the master again? How is Snape going to set up a situation in which he can effectively disarm Draco in like the true mean it sense that would make the wand Maybe respond? Maybe like provoke Draco in a situation and be like... In which Dra- How? They're under... He can't screw around. He's under the Voldemort's cover, eyeball. Yeah. Every, yeah. yeah. You can't do something that risks the entire thing, you know? Yeah, I guess. By having to set up a situation in which you actually have to... 100% mean to fully disarm Draco Malfoy. Meanwhile, in the entire book, Draco's like a shell of a person. He barely exists. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I would I would venture to argue that the, the wand power technically, technically can never be broken. Mm-hmm. Like, even though, say, given the nature of the wand and the fact that it's just so ruthless, I don't think it would respect someone's death. It would just be like, all right, whoever gets me now is my master. You know what I mean? Like, I think once, yeah. like, say if, say if, Vol- if Dumbledore did die as the master of the wand and he was encased with it, I think the next, the person to kind of like steal it from the tomb would have gotten allegiance to the wand. Like, like, say if mm. if Harry does die a natural death, like, I'm no, glad the power it's out. Be broken because See, it has to be taken by force. It has to. Somebody a- has to show ownership of it, and if you can't show ownership over the last master, how are you going to do it? The fact that you went against their wish, like say with Vol- like with with Harry, the fact if he if he was buried with it with the intention of breaking it, you know what I mean, of like pretty much of like not allowing someone else to own it, anything that contradicts his intention, maybe. But it I'm seems, being, I'm it being seems to respond to force. I don't think it would be a full takeover at that point. The the wand seems to respond to it being taken against the will. If it's Harry's will that he dies natural a, a natural death, and he does. Couldn't he just destroy ben. his own wand? Do you think a wand's that easy to destroy? What if you? I mean, you can crack it. They in crack half. in half quite easily, and you could take the magical core and like put basilisk venom on it or something, and I guess you so. could really screw it up good or toss it in the veil. <laughs> I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> that veil sitting on there. It in the veil. <laughs> you know, how give so, it to the keeper. How, how soon they forget? Question, question for Joe. Why didn't he just toss it in the veil? Why didn't he just burn it up? Yeah. Could you incendio your own wand? Into like a mirror? Incendio! What if you fired a, a spell into a mirror? Would it bounce back at you or would it just destroy the mirror? Depending on the spell. If it's a mirror breaking spell, it'll break the spell. Well, sure. All right. Well, I think it's about time to. For the drums? Well. Well, is it time to uh, bring in the acting troop people? Let's bring them in! Let's, yay! Acting troop! <laughs> And we are here with extendable ears. The first extendable ears we've done in many a year. <laughs> the first in years. Holy cow. This is going to be awesome. We, we have the acting troupe with us. Acting troupe. we got everybody, the whole package, the actors, the writers, the editors. we got the whole shabam. we got the shabam, and they're going to introduce themselves alphabetically, starting with Angela. Hi, I'm Angela, and I'm one of the editors, and I am a Gryffindor from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Nice. That's brand new information. Excellent. Yeah. And Becky? Hi, I'm Becky. I'm one of the sound effects editors, and I'm in Ravenclaw. Yeah! Woo. All right, and uh, let's see. H-I-J-K. Uh, Kevin? I'm Kevin. I am a Hufflepuff. 
Oh, wait. Oh, H-I. <laughs> I <laughs> before K. You missed Just, I mentioned earlier, I'm a librarian. I know my alphabet. <laughs> oh, uh, take it away. Who, 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 Hi, I'm Izzy. I'm from Hertfordshire in the UK. And I'm a Ravenclaw, and I played Albus Severus. Yeah, Ravenclaw. And then H-I-K, Kevin. Me now. Okay, I'm Kevin. I'm a Hufflepuff from Germany, and I am an editor. You're from Germany? That's awesome. I am. Are you wow. in Germany right now? I am there right now, yeah. You are awesome. <laughs> hey, my friend Sarah moved to Germany. We have three people. Seven, yeah. Three people oh, on the line. Um, that Hi, are I'm Jo. Very far away. And I come before Kay. Um, <laughs> this is the most embarrassing thing ever. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. This sucks. <laughs> I want to redo. No, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. You do come before K. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm the scriptwriter, and um, I'm from London in the UK. <laughs> Excellent. Did we meet you, Joe, or no? Oh, and I'm, I'm a Hufflepuff. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> a little bit of extra history. Joe um, worked with Melissa when Melissa was writing Harry That's History. Right. Very right. awesome. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what comes after K? Awesome. <laughs> Who's going to help me? K is H J K L M M M. Michael. Yes, I'm Michael. I am a Gryffindor, and I play Hagrid. Hagrid and. And Professor Dumbledore. Or the Very nice. Portrait of. And a number of other characters. Comes with being a guy on the, on the troops. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have... I guess we're up to you, R. R's for Rachel. Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm one of the producers, and I played Scorpius. Scorpius. And I'm in Ravenclaw. It's so cool listening to that. I love your, your accent from Florida. That's great. <laughs> My, my my Florida accent is very different. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh my gosh! And we we have been trying to do this interview for I don't know how many weeks About now. Three months. <laughs> three months. Well, two months. This is going into the since third. January when you were trying to do it while I was in pantomime. Oh my gosh! Where's pantomime? That sounds don't you know magical. Where pantomime is? <laughs> no. Is it in Narnia? It's like a Christmas. It's a sort of. It's like a fairy tale play over Christmas, but it has certain um, elements in it, like there's all, like the the principal boy, so the, the male character, like the prince, is played by a girl in high heels and fishnet tights, and there's a dame who's a man in a dress. Oh, interesting! It's, it's very, so very it's, British. It's, it's very much towards the, oh, the very, verb pantomime very as well. Weird. But <laughs> it's weird. Why is it weird? Well, you have men in dresses and Do girls playing boys. Oh, I, yeah. I guess some people would we call had that, that weird. Too. <laughs> so, since pantomime, um, we have all been trying to get together to do this um, because we wanted to talk to you all about what it was to put together um, this mammoth project, probably, without a doubt, the biggest Pottercast-related um, project that we've ever done. And I had very little to do with it. And so I want to take this time to talk about uh, the process a little bit and also give the people joining us right now on live stream a chance um, to ask a question or two. But uh, we're going to start with you, Frankie. Um, you are a huge acting troupe head fan. <laughs> and uh, we wanted to give you a chance to geek out a little bit. Ask well, the was, first question. 
I was telling them before uh, before we started recording, and I stopped myself because I was gushing and about to say before the recording, is that like I really, really, really enjoyed the acting trip, you guys. I just want to first of all just commend and thank all of you for your hard work. If anything, I really enjoyed it, so you made at least one guy out there really super happy. Like I look forward to each episode just as much as I would look forward to a new episode of like of Lost or one of those shows that kind of have like a, a big nice narrative. Great work, yeah. whether it was the editing, the acting, the story, all of it worked together perfectly. So kudos to you guys. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I want to draw something for it, but I'm just lazy. So I want to get off my butt and do that. I'm going to. <laughs> um, uh, I guess my first question would be, I guess, for Joe, because story is key. And I love the key. I love the story. What was your, like, first of all, like, you just, you caught the essence of just the story really well. Like, I love the misplaced house people, the people in the different houses, and like how Rose was a pretty much the only. She could have been in Gryffindor, but she was in Ravenclaw. She was probably the most solid one. But the other ones could have been swapped around. Like, what's his Scorpius should have been Hufflepuff, all that kind of fun stuff. That was just brilliant. It just went with the whole essence of the house system and the Harry Potter, like, in the series and everything. So what was your main source of inspiration, and how did you get the idea for, like, the fountain and everything like that? Um, well, it's, I mean, the main source of inspiration when you're, you know, like, writing something based on, you know, like, such an amazing series of books is, you know, it's the books themselves. Mm. They're just such an incredible kind of resource and playground that, you know, you've got all these, you know, sort of, you've got this fantastic setting in Hogwarts. And um, what, I mean, the main thing for me really was that I just wanted to kind of keep to the spirit of the books, you know, as, as I enjoyed them, as I loved them. And, um, it was really important to me that I didn't do anything that kind of changed that or went away from that um, as much as possible. So, you know, I wanted to kind of bring these new characters in. We had their names and, you know, obviously we knew a little bit about them because, you know, we know where most of them have come from. You know, we know who their parents are. But, um, but really I just kind of wanted to sort of... It was just my kind of um, tribute, really. So I just kind of... Um, wanted to do something with like you know kind of the found you know like the the founders myth that you know like everyone who's read the book knows about and um do something that didn't kind of you know change that or mess with the kind of mythology of the story that just kind of fitted in with that and kind of added a new little element so um i just thought you know this idea of fountain that you know kind of had this sort of idea of bringing people together but um, you know, could just kind of come in there and kind of add a sort of like new dimension to it without kind of um, changing what we all know and love about sorting that and the founders. And I really wanted to play with that, really. So, um, so yeah, that, really and, and also the idea that you kind of, yeah, <laughs> uh, thank you. But you just kind of don't really know, you know, with the fountain you know, quite, I just wanted to kind of leave it quite open with the, you know, the magic of it, how much of it is magic and how much of it is about the, the kind of hearts and the, and the relationships between the characters and, and what they do and the power that they have um, to kind of bring about the sort of change that you see at the end. So, yeah, I hope, hope that makes sense. It makes plenty of sense. It's, I mean, it's, it's great. Like, 
just real one follow up question with that is when you were like when you write the characters and like the context and like how you know where they're coming from and like I like how you even tied in the Malfoys and stuff like that in, in the beginning of it. Um, how much of that is organic and how much of that like oh I wanted to tie in or it's just when you were writing a story and like oh this would go here this would go here like is it do you write more organically or do you like a lot of structure to it when you plan on writing? Um, it's really a mixture of both. I mean, I did kind of, I kind of have an overall plan that I've worked to, and I really wanted to be careful that I sort of kept to the plan so that I got in all the kind of main things that I wanted to put in there because I thought it was really important that the story had that structure and didn't kind of, you know, sort of go off in different directions and it kind of kept its kind of structure because it really um, needed to have that kind of keep you know keep the action happening but in terms of the characters it's really organic I think I mean I just you know I'm a huge huge fan of books I've you know like 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 everyone listening you know I'm sure is the same you 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 read them and you read them and it's just the you know kind of you, you just kind of get to know get to know these people and just kind of with the characters you just kind of it's really a case of sort of um, feeling your way and and just kind of getting to know them, and um, and that kind of happens gradually over the I'd say you know over the whole thing, but um, but but yeah, it just kind of um, happens quite organically. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, John, I'll let you have the next question. I think I think we should tell everybody just uh, what kind of struggle it was to just get an episode recorded with so many people because this is like what we do with Pottercast with three voices or four voices like times how many like how many different parts was in an average episode I remember yeah depending on the script it was seven eight or nine um, and at any given time during recording we might have four or five actors available plus Joe would be on hand for for any script editing on the spot, which was always awesome, and um, and Becky was always there to help guide us through and make sure that we stayed on task and that sort of thing. And but there were usually seven or eight of us online, you know, at one time, and then the f- five or six of us in a scene, depending on how many we could get. And then we always had the voices covered. Even if someone was filling in the voice and the the voice was being brought in um, oh, offsite later that. on, but yeah. the majority of people were online. We it was amazing that we actually had a time that we all could be on at the same time, and that we really, really could play off each other. Becky did a fantastic job of coordinating all of us to be uh, together at a specific point. Absolutely. The one week that Becky for some reason didn't she make really it, did. it all fell apart. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> we couldn't cope without her. I don't believe Haggard made an appearance in that one. I don't. I don't remember that. <laughs> no, I think that was mostly. Was that Christmas? Us girls all going. Oh no! What are we gonna do? <laughs> we had no idea who was supposed to be there. We all sort of just tried to work out who was there and who could record and managed to pull it together the best we could. But it was bizarre without Becky. Well. You know, it just occurred to me, just for it, the it people, for the people that may not have had the opportunity to listen to um, all or any of what? Of Why would you thing. not? I, you know, there's always some stray people that always may have just found the show. Feet, I'm kidding. Who who wants to <laughs> describe in a nutshell, um, without any spoilers, um, the the gist of where this story begins and uh, a little bit about it? Someone who hasn't had a chance to talk yet. 
That's a Rubbish. tough one for everyone who. I mean, yeah. How about Izzy, Izzy might. <laughs> I'm looking or at Izzy, I'm looking at Angela, I'm looking <laughs> at Kevin. <laughs> Kevin's been quiet. I don't know if I can do it without giving anything away. I know, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Just do it, it's okay. No no well, major spoilers. Okay, I think what this is following uh, the, the epilogue, and the students have just arrived at Hogwarts. It's Albus, Severus, and Scorpius Malfoy. Um, and then we will meet Layla later, who becomes the Ra- Ravenclaw, is that correct? I'm sorry. Yeah. Hufflepuff. No, um, and I'm forgetting someone. Rose. We have Rose. Rose. Rose Weasley. And they discover along the way that there's this mysterious broken fountain, and they learn from various sources throughout the castle about how to repair the fountain and its its importance and and ties to the four founders. And And we get to find out how they solve their quest is that pretty much in a nutshell yeah. without giving everything away yeah and yeah that's good the... and then haggard shows up once in a while it's also it's also, <laughs> it's also about it's also about the um the kind of difficulties that that they face in their first year so it's kind of a sort of it's a first year story where they're kind of getting to know hogwarts it was cool to experience a first year's no, no, way of the castle um, because the first time we experienced the first year was from Harry. He was new to everything that is magical. And these kids were raised in wizarding homes, and they were still impressed by Hogwarts. So that was, that was really fun. To, fun concept. Yeah, the, to also, the also very clever thing about the way Joe wrote it was there was throwbacks to Harry's first year. So yeah. there was the, I mean, well, obviously there's the sorting, so that was going to happen. But there was the little things, like he got himself into a jewel, and he went to go and have tea with Hagrid. And mm. then just the really tiny things, like he kept the hot, the, um, try not to give this away, the Gryffindor artifact in his socks, in his trunk, and just the really little subtle things, and he thought, oh, he's so Harry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was true. Like, it was just, and the writing was really good, too. Like, one of my favorite things is when, when Rose was being sorted, and she was saying how, like, you'd be, you could fit into Gryffindor uh, just fine, but it wouldn't be very much of a challenge. And then the fact that she wanted to be challenged, that was like, oh, Ravenclaw, could that be more of a challenge for you? And I love that. It was just... I mean, it was the 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 character the characterization was great. So I'm gonna fawn over that a couple more times in this time. So <laughs> please excuse me. Rose was Rose was really fun. She was a really fun character to explore. You know, being the daughter of Ron and Hermione is yeah. a very interesting mixture and kind of thinking out how she'd sort of turn out and what she'd be interested in and that kind of thing. It was great. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Well, you did a great job because she was very, she had she was very Hermione-ish, but she still had a, a really deep stroke color of Ron in her. Oh, well, that's a good point. <laughs> I'm serious because like she was very, she had, very yeah, she had she was impulsive like Ron and and quite um, reckless at times. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I want to open it up here real quick. Um, we don't have a lot, too many people in the chat at the moment because it's pretty late at night, later than we usually do this. Um, but uh, I have my eye on the chat now. If anyone has um, a question um, they would like to ask this group. I think Chloe's Earlier trying to they say were something. asking how it all came about. They were asking how feel, they were asking how we all got cast and everything. Oh, yeah, that's a good yeah, that's a that's a good story. Let's talk about how this all this all came together. I mean, I can preface this a little bit as, as this was sort of like like a, a bit of a daydream 
we had at some point thinking like wouldn't it be cool if if we could do like this old kind of old style radio kind of thing where we have the actors playing out a story and this has been done um on uh another podcast uh, something similar but uh the idea of bringing this to Pottercast and 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 really uh producing something high quality and uh with a good story that that it all came together still it still baffles me even mm-hmm. even even now that something this awesome came of what was originally just this this little thought that oh there'd be no way we could do this but what if we could and then you know I, now wasn't that thought like a year long for you John I mean yes. I think yeah, you we mentioned kept throwing, it we kept throwing that out it there it was on the longer show, than like, a year and the, I, well, my I mean, first that was just my like, first audition was almost two years ago two right. years ago I remember ago. you talking about that it was a long time before that. Yeah, it was like a That's year true. I remember it being it. talked about right when I started Pottercast. That was two years ago. Uh, and then, time just runs and then together. Near the end of 2008, where the first round or middle of 2008 was the first round of auditions. We we all submitted auditions for various uh, male and female parts. Didn't? Yeah. Isn't that right? We picked we picked our favorite from the books and we recorded it and sent it in. And then yeah. we were narrowed down and we were sent a snippet of the actual play or something that would have been like the play mm-hmm. um, for the second round if you had a second round. If that's, am I remembering correctly? And the first yeah, round, the second round was in July because if I recorded it, literally, I was going on holiday at 4 a.m. and I recorded it about 7 p.m. the night before because it was the only in. time that, that the people who I was in a group with who one of them ended up playing Rose were available so it, I remember thinking I'm never going to get this I'm so stressed out looking for my passport right now <laughs> you know <laughs> doing this acting troupe audition as much as I wanted it was not my number one priority right then <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we're glad you got got your recording in though before you went on holiday because <laughs> I'm very glad too how very different I mean this, I knew as soon been. as John started mentioning this as a project that I really wanted to be a part of it well, I would absolutely. have you know played the voice of the fat lady or whatever as long as I got my <laughs> voice in there so the suddenly when I got the email saying I was Albus I totally geeked out I was like this is a mistake <laughs> so, we put like, it to a vote didn't we didn't we, we did like, it's uh, like it came home like I came home having heard yeah. the episode where John said it was really happening we're going to really do this pick out your favorite, send in your audio. And I came home and I asked my wife, because I've, I've read all the books to my kids since they were six months old. So I've been practicing oh. voices. I could do a number of voices, at least in my mind. Uh, <laughs> and so I was like, who do I pick? And my wife said, Hagrid. Pick Hagrid. It's like, all right. And so I picked out, I believe I picked when we first meet Hagrid in the first book, you know, when he first comes to the door. Yeah. Sorry about that. You know, and, and so I sent that in and i was just like waiting and waiting we were waiting for the next round it's like the next round took months i think to happen yeah and (laughs) like there was voting and i was like oh yeah we got votes and the voting system was down and the voting system was weird (gasps) Uh, at one point oh my goodness i was like i'm not even on there and i was like it was like three or four days before i was even included with the guys and it's like oh my god and then uh, when it finally came down that the next round was being selected, I got an email saying the next round is about to happen, and, I, and then I didn't hear anything. And I said, "What's going on?" And, and uh, I think Chloe said, um, "Yeah, you're Hagrid, <laughs> so don't worry about it. <laughs> Just be patient until everybody else is cast." It's like, okay. It's like, wow. 
<laughs> I, was like, I was rather flattered, but I was like, I don't know what. It you're was like Hagrid, a robot. Now shut up. <laughs> Leave us alone. You're Hagrid. Now I did not pester. Come on now. <laughs> no, no one pesters ever. Um. I think that one of the best casting stories is actually Rachel because she wasn't originally uh, supposed to be one of the actors. She was part of the production team, but um, we had a Scorpius fall through and. Lo and behold, we hear her voice, and we're like, would you be interested in reading a little bit more of this? And she really stepped up and took over, and it was it was perfect. That's awesome. That's I awesome. think she was. I realize that. I think yeah, she was just was... a stand-in in the one recording, and then yeah. we, every one of us kind of said, yeah. well, wouldn't you like to do this like, with you Scorpius? You're really good <laughs> yeah. at stuff. I, I couldn't that. believe it. I just was filling in, and then everybody said you should do it. I was like, well, I can okay. see why. You have a, you have a great yeah, who team. would have thought a girl from Florida would show up <laughs> and be the perfect Scorpius? <laughs> you were tricky saying you're from Florida with that British accent. I know, so yeah. authentic. You ought to apply to work at the at the park. <gasps> you could, just so everybody understands. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh! You'd be, yeah, you'd be perfect to work at the the Wizarding World in Orlando. Or do you live anywhere near it? Um, I'm about three hours away. Actually, <laughs> that's not too bad of a commute. You could do it. <laughs> no. It'd only be an 18 hour day <laughs> if you're lucky. Um, okay, let's talk to editors real quick. Um, the fact that you guys did such a great job with the music, the sound effects, the foley. That really, really does sell it. And it really felt to me like one of those old, like, 1940s, like, radio dramas. Like, I don't know. I didn't listen to them too many from the 40s. I'm not from there. But I just love that. Like, you did a great job. So, like, can you guys break that down, how you did that? Or yeah. what your favorite episode was, your favorite thing about it? Something to that degree. They also wanted to know, how long did it take from recording the the voices to final production for one episode, approximately. How long would would that have been? Oh, wow. Weeks. It was, yeah. it was a very long process. Um, Maybe a month on average? Seemed like well, about a depends. month. Well, um, yeah, it depends. It on how many actors were at the initial yeah. recording session. Then there was waiting for the other actors, listening through and getting line corrections. Um, then... Then the editors piece together the scenes, and it would come back for sound effects and music, tacking on the beginning and end. So, yeah, about a month. Yeah, I drove you, Becky, I drove you mad with the sound effects, didn't I? <laughs> the footsteps. Uh, Were the sound well, effects in the script? <laughs> you can uh, be there, honest. <laughs> no, there were some, uh, there were directions, but uh, it's hard to go on the internet and find what does a spell sound like when it's <laughs> You mean you don't know. <laughs> so that was definitely the most difficult part was the, uh, was the magical sound effects and the layering was, yeah. and it was always so sad because it never sounded as good on the episode as it did on my computer. Oh no. Yeah. yeah. Compression or whatever it is. I'm not, I'm not techie, but. I'm like, oh, everybody come over my house. It sounds better over here. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's funny It's funny you say that because uh, one of the things, uh, I guess I'll save it t- towards the end of the interview, but talking about how can you hear this thing again? How, do you, how, do you, how would, would one get to hear this whole thing again, possibly at a higher quality? What? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's brew on that for a minute. Mm. Brew on that for a minute. Um, Mary11 from the chat wants to know, was the... Um, the script for the show written as a screenplay or as a fanfic originally? 
Or was it written for this inten- with this intention? Joe, that's all um, you. It was written specifically for this. That's what I thought, yeah. Well, it was, not, it was written it specifically well, for so. this, um, yeah. yeah, for the acting troupe. Um, so, so, yeah, it was, um, it was just written for this project, and it was, you know, yeah. Um, so, I mean, it is, it is fanfic, but it was written as a screenplay Good. Um, for this. Does that answer it? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Oh, and we got it one episode at a time, so I was always waiting for the, t- the time it appeared in my inbox and literally pr- rushed to print it out and read it, oh, and yeah. draw yeah. over it and write notes. And then I bombarded <laughs> poor Joe with emails going, what's Albus thinking here? How's he doing? What, what's his motivation behind oh, this scene? Because I'm very used to working really with the director. I enjoyed that, though. There's nothing more that, that there's nothing that arrives like more than than kind of geeking out over the characters and going like, well, this is their motivation and this is why they're saying this. So I really enjoyed all that. Oh, I, enjoyed, <laughs> I wish I could hear those things. I, one of my favorite things about watching TV shows or movies I enjoy is listening to the commentary by the creators. You guys should do commentary. <laughs> commentary on audio. Shut up! It could <laughs> work. <laughs> do, a, do an audio commentary track for our audio. I think that's what he's saying. That would be funny. What if you did it like on the left channel as the show on the right channel? You could have it so whenever they talk, it would die down. We'd listen to them talking, and then when you untalk, it would kick back. You could have a video only commentary. Untalk. No, it was interesting. I'm going to actually ask a question of of my fellow actresses. Like Izzy and Rachel, I know that having brand new characters has, I mean, I. I had something to go off of, at least in terms of motivation and history and that sort of thing. You had fresh characters, and I could, I, I appreciate the amount of uh, research you went into and in talking with Joe to get get your characters right. Because for me, it always felt like when we got to time to record, everybody was so ready and prepared. I mean, there were a few questions here and there, but I mean, we pretty much when we came to record, it was like a cold read in terms of reading it together. We didn't do a run through and then go through it again. I don't, I don't remember doing that too much did we a couple of times but not often no. it was just a couple of key scenes mm. i think we did that with and then sometimes we record a couple of takes but it was usually cold read right so but well, I, I, mean, I i admired you guys for having to you know develop a character and make it you know ring true and i was i was impressed I mean, I personally went through. I mean, I suddenly, I, when I got this part, I did feel like I had a whole lot of responsibility suddenly on my shoulders. I mean, I was expecting just to get a really tidy part. I wasn't expecting to suddenly be Albus in this this wonderful project. Um, so I went back to Canon and read the little bit we did have, and then, like I said, I, I mean, whenever I got a script, I would write all over it and I'd bombard Joe over emails because I normally do plays or pantomime, as I mentioned earlier. So I'm very used to having the time and working with a director and sort of gradually getting it to the director's vision. And when you're doing something like this, you know, as you said, it's like cold takes and you do it in a couple of, you know, you do it in an hour for the whole episode and that's that done. So I wanted to make sure that I had done as much as I could to hopefully bring the character alive. And also, because it is radio, it's voice work. You don't get to see any acting you have to try and get in your voice and the other thing joe was really good with actually for the last episode is she linked me some of nancy cartwright who was who plays bart and is obviously a female playing a male and that actually really helped too because mm-hmm. obviously i am a girl and occasionally i would there get was the, the occasional reminders too girly come on izzy a little lower <laughs> yeah a little lower izzy don't go high you sound like a girl 
<laughs> What's your 11 year old boy? It's okay. Yeah, he was like, you sound like a girl. I am a girl. <laughs> I am a girl. I can be slightly high. Yeah. I've got some real nice outtakes of her doing that. Oh, you guys have outtakes? <laughs> Yeah, I kind of collected true. some throughout. The- oh, you should send me <laughs> them. I'll trade you a drawing. <laughs> I got to get some from Kevin, and then I'll get them out there. Yeah, I've been yes, there a few should. ones, though. I guess you have more than me. <laughs> I have a thing for bloopers, so I kind of was keeping my ear open for him the whole time. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I didn't have any bloopers. So come on. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Hagrid. The first time you did Hagrid's laugh, like everybody burst out laughing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not much different than my own laugh, I suppose. <laughs> That's, <nice. laughs> That's creepy. <laughs> Evil hag. I don't think we ever actually. I mean, I'm trying to think back of reference for for that was that was probably one of the hardest things I had to do was Hagrid's laugh because I could not remember any reference from movies or or any of the books for how he might laugh. So I was like, it was pretty interesting, and it's a funny thing that I have to deliberate on, and like, how will he laugh? Like, okay, well, I'll give it a big booming, <laughs> big booming barking laugh. You'd have to, it's Hagrid. He's half giant. He wouldn't titter or giggle. No. no. <laughs> like, oh, That's I'm Hagrid, I... and it's funny. La, la, la. Small, like, poppy. <laughs> poppy is full. <laughs> so, um, I guess the big question of the night, is there any interest amongst anyone in this to possibly pursue um, either a sequel or a whole new story altogether, or anything. No, be cool that nature. is to um, have a story about the founders building Hogwarts. Oh, that'd be cool. That would be cool. I just like the founders a lot. They were screaming, "Sequel, sequel!" in the chat. Sequel, prequel, prequel. That'd be yeah. Let's go all George Lucas on this. <laughs> with CGI, well, let's not go back. George Lucas because would. We'll CGI just have computer effect. voices the whole time. It'd be like Fred, like, and then Harry went to the here. <laughs> Albus Leverith, please don't duel me anymore. And everybody be speaking in reverse like Yoda. Uh, what do you guys think? Shall I? Shall I answer this one? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Well, been. um. You know what I think? I think you guys should do. I think you should have. I think you should have auditions for someone to write the next episode, the next season of um, uh, Albus Potter, uh... because um, there are so many talented writers in the Harry Potter fandom. Um, and um, what I'm doing, I mean, I'm I'm actually I'm a grad student, and I have a huge book to write over the next um, year or two and um, otherwise known as a thesis. So um, what I could do is I would love to be involved again, um, I would, but, but in a smaller capacity. So I would be really happy to be kind of script supervisor and help with, you know, directing the actors and, and script editing and that kind of thing. But what I can't do is um, take on, you know, kind of writing a whole new lot of six episodes on my own like I did last time. Mm. So if you can find someone who can kind of do the heavy lifting, right. then um, from, my, from my point of view, I, um, you know, I would, I would absolutely love there to be um, another story. Joe, what are you studying? Um, I'm, doing, um, I'm doing a PhD and I'm, and I'm looking at um, 
Uh, well, it's about writing. It's nice. about writing and the internet, and um, and it's actually got quite a lot to do with um, Harry Potter as well. <laughs> well, I was hoping it was something with um, writing because you obviously um, have a natural talent for it. And I, I, I just when I when I meet people who are just so good at what they do, I just really like to encourage them to do that. And you just you have a knack for it, so I'm glad that you're pursuing that in some form. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm well, we got a good vote of confidence here from our writer. Um, I would imagine if were we to do this, uh, we would allow, um, um, you know, assuming that uh, it's a sequel anyway, or having any of the same characters, um, to give uh, our seasoned actors here a chance to reprise their roles, um, and or otherwise we could uh, audition more. But uh, I'm excited to hear that uh, some positive feedback to that. I think that um, our audience would give hugely positive feedback to that too. And, I give um, positive feedback to it. And in two or three years, maybe we'll have episode one. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I won't say that. No, no. We know what we we're got doing. It. We no. got it down. I mean, you guys. Like, I just really want people to realize how much hard work went into this because this was professional quality. You know work that you guys all did just for the love of it. You know what I mean? Like, and you know, so from my point, like I just wanted to thank you guys a lot because it was really good quality stuff that you guys really spent a lot of time on. And it wasn't just something you guys just half heartedly did. You guys got invested in this and all just for the love of it, you know, just for the sake of doing it for the art form. So thank you guys very much. Oh, it was fun. It was so much fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And that really does show because like yeah. you guys did such a great job. There was obviously passion and enthusiasm behind it. Definitely a lot of energy. Well, um everyone, um uh I want to thank you guys for getting together for this and um uh one last parting thought here. Uh we are going to in some way shape or form be re-releasing every uh episode of the Acting Troops first season here as we could call it. Perhaps on a CD, perhaps on iTunes, in one way, shape, or form, and possibly, most likely, in a higher quality compression so we can hear all of the... Magic sound effects. Magic uh, wand <laughs> spells and everything else we didn't have a chance to. I have one random question when you're done with this, too, so don't let me forget. Yeah, well, go ahead, Frankie. Okay, what was one of the most random things you got one of the sound effects for? Um... Oh, I don't know about random. The, what about the um the broom sound effect? Oh oh yeah, broom yeah. sign. What not... did you use for that, <laughs> Becky? Oh, there was a combination of of blowing and like a backwards vacuum motor, and I think there was wing flapping. It was it was not pretty. It, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> it did come out pretty though. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. It totally worked. <laughs> I remember the most challenging one was was the collapsing. Anytime the, the walls were falling down. <laughs> I bet that'd be a hugely layered effect. That's awesome. I think uh. one of the toughest things that I always felt was difficult, and that I think Joe might <laughs> avoid this in the future, was like fist fights between characters. I, it always seemed to go rather poorly. <laughs> In terms of trying to pretend you're being beaten up or beating up another person, <laughs> grunts and grunts and oh. oh, it was awkward. It was just 
But those those but those scenes are so much fun. Those scenes are so much fun to write. <laughs> I, I, and I, I could see that. First year as well, sort of finding your feet at school and getting mm-hmm. yourselves into those kind of situations. Absolutely, but it was it was I don't, I don't know. I, that was the one part I felt I could not get get it quite right and it we never knew <laughs> i think coordinating the different characters to try to fight at the same time and i mean you don't have a court coordinated or choreographed uh live action thing we weren't in the same room you know larping or anything like that trying to figure out how to make it sound right <laughs> LARPing. So it was bizarre it was bizarre at the time trying to record it but <laughs> Oh, and suddenly remember so, Becky trying to get sources from a different voice and suddenly cheer for a fight or whatever, so we oh, didn't yeah, sound. So we had the crowd around for the fight and people thought, no, you sound too much like yourself. Try again. <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> it was so weird. About that time? I don't want to oh, go. I like talking I know. to them, but it's, it's kind of late. Well, I just, want... you guys, thank you so much again just for being here. And like I said before, John and Melissa know, and you guys even even more so on the show, like, I really, really enjoyed these. So, <laughs> like, so much fun. <laughs> anyway. Frankie, it was pure torture for him when a new episode were to come in, and I told him about it, and then I wouldn't send it to him. I would dig oh. through his files sometimes, but couldn't <laughs> find it. And then over break, when we were on tour, I was like, oh my gosh, I want the next episode. <laughs> we could tell, Frankie, we could tell. Yeah, it was great, though. So I, And then it was it was always this horror when we get a new episode. I'm like, yay, new episode. But at the same time, I'm like, when I li- listening to this, I'm going to have to wait another month or two, and I don't want to. <laughs> so thank you guys very much. Yes, thank you all so much for your well, efforts. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh God! Yeah, yes. yeah. Thanks Thank for the you. idea. You guys, you provided. Yeah, yeah. Amazing, immensely uh, large. I don't even have. I don't have adjectives. It's too late for me. <laughs> too early for all of you too. I have no words. <laughs> I have no words. But it's you guys are awesome. Keeping you up late, John. I uh, keep it. Nice. It's not even that late for me. I don't know why I'm complaining. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long day of live stream and soundboards overheating. Oh, no. But uh, thank you all for joining us. Thank you on the chat for joining us. And uh, please do, um, all of you listening, leave a comment on um, this week's post for uh, for the show about uh, what you thought of the acting troupe and uh, what kind of – maybe you have an idea for uh, – you know what what we could do in the future and give these guys a congrats and um with that i guess we'll kick it to the wrap up bring melissa back in yeah oh and real quick i love how we had the gray lady (laughs) 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 and she said her prayers which i liked too (laughs) all right thanks guys Bye. bye bye Anybody have any lost, funny guys. stories or an- anecdotes? <laughs> this is the first books. week How we haven't had is that? A, like, a lot for the wrap-up. I just, I, yeah, I still can't believe that you managed to hack that website because I thought they'd be all about sorting that out. But no, that's listen. That's so if I was cool. gonna hack it for anything, like I said, it would have been the Bon Jovi poster. It's something that I was gonna keep. These are going back for another round of donations and. Yeah. and you have a shot to win them, and the the price for the for the next raffle of these will be lower than than a hundred. Yeah, You're probably probably forty or fifty with like three for a hundred kind of thing chances. Yeah. So do we do we know um, when the other planes are going to be coming out, sending out? Um, I think Hermione's going out tomorrow. <laughs> um, keep look at the hpalliance.org and you'll 
you'll see you'll see the results of that joe is is like over the moon about all this i say that not lightly because i I, we don't, I don't hear from her that all that often but i i've heard like a couple of times now just how excited she is about what the harry potter fans um came together to do which should, so cool. just i feel like relaying that because i feel like everybody should be really proud of of what they did yeah yeah it was a, a boatload of work boatload yeah. plane funny. load uh yeah not a boatload uh, three giant planes five Five. Five dollar foot long. Five. Five. You're right. You're right. Oh, my gosh. Five giant planes. I was like, wait, there was five, right? <laughs> Stuff. Five. Dumb. And one is called Nerd Fighters. <laughs> Noid Fighters. The Noid it's Fighters. Awesome. It's fantastic. I think it's funny because we joked about the possibility of if there were more planes, if we would name one of them Voldemort and put... Well, it was spoiled food, and I'm, I'm glad that my suggestion. Didn't I'm glad get that fell on death. Taken seriously. No, yeah. there's no chance of that suggestion. <laughs> the Potter cast was ridiculous. Would be a good a good description for John. Could have Wong. called it ridiculous. R I D I K K U L S. Ridiculous. 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 Wingardium Leviosa. That I don't have any other funny stories happening recently. Uh, it's been make, it's been pretty quiet. Can I make a quick announcement? No. Mm-hmm. Um, reminders, um, if you're interested in having your video voicemail <gasps> on Pottercast, where you uh, turn your little cam on and we can see your pretty little face and ask us a question or leave a comment, um, 30 seconds or less, you video respond um, to the Pottercast channel on YouTube. Very easy. Very oh, and that, <laughs> that reminds me. Guess what we forgot to do today? What? The Leaky Roundup. The oh! Leaky Around oh, let's let's rectify around this right now. Uh oh, what happens to the drums? <laughs> hey, Henry, what's holding you up? Let's get on with the show. We can't hang around here all day. Leaky around it. Well, it's about time. Our new contest has started. It's called Skyving Snack Boxes. You create your own Weasley Wizard Weezes Skyving Snack Box that's edible and can fit in a pocket. What? Oh. It's, yeah, it's awesome. I kind of want to get one of these. But I don't know if are they going to taste good or are they going to taste make us sick. They better. I don't. I, gonna I have like I, laxatives in it. John, must you? I don't know. What Must else you. would you get out of class with? We have a picture of Well, my, we'll my find wound. out. Create your own Weasley Wizard Skyving Snack Box. Your entry is due March 31st by 11.58 Eastern. I, I, I think they meant 11.59 Eastern. I'm just going to throw that out there. All right. Um, 11.58. <laughs> Nominations for April's Featured Crafter of the Month are being accepted through March 15th. Please see the crafts main page for details. And... There is a craft along starting soon, so be on the lookout for specifics. We're also looking for two special types of people on Potter, on uh, on Leaky. Yeah. One is a Pottercast transcription elves uh, need some some more people to join their ranks. We're a little bit behind on the transcripts. <laughs> everybody's busy, yeah. so um, we're looking for more people. You can email us at staff at pottercast.com for that. We're also looking for more people to join our gallery staff. These you would be uploading and tagging images videos uh when the fan art galleries get going again you'll be working on those and for that uh email images at leakynews.com that's images at leakynews.com if you would like to be involved there perfect and that timing. is our leaky roundup for the day that was nice. perfect timing i didn't even stop the thing it stopped on its own are we back in the drums i don't hear them oh there they are oh, it's hey, the drums. 
Oh, it's oh, magic. You know. Uh, so this was the first time we've recorded in the evening in a long time, you guys. How do you think like it's... It. How do you, how's it contrast to our other... I like it. I don't think I ever record in the evening. Really? We used to record, like, when I started between 3 and 6. That's true. I guess it's midday. But previously, it was like, you wake up in the morning, feeling like Joe Rowling, and... Uh, no, no. You and I would wake up in the morning, John. Yeah. And we'd wait a long time for Frack to wake up, and we'd call Frack repeatedly to try to wake up. It happened, like, twice. In a row. <laughs> so... Sorry. <laughs> it was funny. It was funny. But now we're doing it in the evening, and this is going to be a, a, a time, so put it in your calendar, um, and we'll yes. do more to spread the word with yes. our next shows. We, we, we may even make a a uh, Facebook event every two weeks and spam all of you within oh every my. two weeks. Oh my. And you, you RSVPs, so we know how much food to bring, okay? Yes. It's, yeah. it's important. It's very important. Right. Very hear that chloe you got a fun new little to do oh boy facebook <laughs> event i have a funny story i had two listeners come into the apple store oh yeah did you really yeah they came up to me and they're like are you frack <laughs> i was like yeah and then my then my um my co-workers teased me for signing an autograph in the store <laughs> you signed an autograph while you were working Isn't well i was gonna say no they were really nice what if, what if there's, like, rules you didn't know that you were breaking? Well, then I didn't do that. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> I think if they have covered in the store, please don't sign any autographs. In their store handbook, then Apple's got the wrong idea about what goes in a store handbook. Every yes. every Apple genius is a local celebrity, you yeah. know? I'm not a genius. They're geniuses. I'm only a specialist. Well, you're a future genius, aren't you? Hopefully one day, maybe. We should give out your supervisor's email address and have all our listeners email and be like, make Frankie mm-hmm. a genius. Make him a genius. Or they, we should all just email and say, Frank helped me in the store yesterday. No, no, don't do that. Oh. Don't do that. Oh. I can get no, in a I lot know. of trouble. For that, so uh, let's not do that. Customer but you could fraud. swing by my new Etsy shop while I'm draw- selling drawings. Yeah, where is it? What kind of things are you selling, Frankie? I'm selling drawings. Let and me so zoom in I on have, them. Well, I haven't started these ones yet. I mean, I just started these ones. I just these are actual pages from the like the uh, Sorcerer's Stone yeah. that I've colored the house colors. Shocking. And I'm going to be doing paintings on them, and then I'm going to be sealing them to little blocks of wood. And so you can either buy the actual block of wood that's one of a kind, and then a select of the ones of the like of the block wood I'm going to make prints of. I already have the four founders on my shop right now, and it's at, it's under etsy.com slash frack or something like that. Did you know that it's a federal offense to, to face uh, Harry Potter book pages like that? Did you it's know not- that you're a liar? Did you know that I am just, I am repurposing this book because it was sitting in a bookstore in a used bookstore not being used. And so now I'm being green and artsy at the same time. What? What? Are you only what? using the, the first pages of the chapters? For, the, for, for these ones, yes. And then yeah. I did four of each house and I was like, how many chapters are there? And there's 17 chapters. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so I'm book. like, oh, wow. Well. But except yeah. for one page, I did this, the very front page, with the, the diamonds. Oh, I like it. And so that's Gryffindor. So if you guys have any ideas as to what to draw on these pages, or I might even actually take requests, but can you that do, would be can you do the Can you do the page where Dobby dies? <laughs> and then draw. It'd be cool to like do illustrations of like what's happening like in that part of the page. <laughs> uh, Harry Potter. 
Why? Why do you not love me, Harry Potter? I read this. I read this story once. Look, it's all Harry Potter. Look at my scar. I don't think she saw it yet. I'm not looking. Uh, okay. I <laughs> I read this story once. This idea that um, every every time you read a book, the characters in it are kind of like alive, and they go through every bit of the the plot again. Every are they time. aware of the fact they're going through it again? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Like they have to do it the same way every time. <laughs> like, Dang but when it. you when you close the book, like they can you know talk amongst themselves until uh-huh. you pick the book up again. Oh, so they're like actors. Yeah, basically. They're like actors, but like, like um, it got weird because like at some point there was like, they couldn't tell whether or not they these people were like feeling pain every time something like, you know, something injured them or if the ones that die, if they feel the death every time and it got kind of weird. Towards this the is that movie with Brendan Fraser? It could be if, they, if someone wanted or to like write that? one. No, I don't know. That was a fun movie. You know what else was a good movie? Um, oh, we can talk about Lost. Ah, wait. No, I haven't watched it. John! Oh, my gosh. You didn't watch it last what? time either. Just wait. to frustrate Frankie, every week one of us should have, should have not watched uh, no, it. Or I'm just going to start talking about it and then just no, then you guys out. No, you know what I do? Then I'm going to come there with a knife and dig it into that scar. Oh, I think good. good. Oh, God, that's gross. It is gross. I watch Take it while that. I work out. That's it's disgusting. a perfect gym show. <laughs> I, I, uh, I take like, like frack level of grossness. I apologize. Uh, it's just a wound. I'm drank. Jump off that sofa. <laughs> it's gonna be a good night. Mushki is making a lot of noise over here. Can we see Mushki? Pick her up! Pick her up! Hold on. Yay! Yay! Oh, no, she no. ran. She knew. She knew I was going to do it, and she ran. So we should go. Maybe it's goodbye time. It is goodbye time, I guess. What is that? Fill you up. Allow it to fill you up. What else does he say? <laughs> I thought he just said, Walking hard is important. <laughs> I don't like that he says Crucio. I don't like that they put it in a toy. Yeah, it's like, of all things to immortalize, here yeah. you're using an unforgivable. Crucio! He didn't even do it right in this, Very uh, nice. in this moment. Alright, well, I think it's time to go, guys. Uh, working hard is important. I think I am Harry a, Potter. I think we have our password. Working hard is important. No, our password no. is. Wait, it's not time. You have. To, I have to say, keep swilling those dials, Frankie. The next password is Dragon Scale. Woo! Keep each other safe. Keep faith. And, and good night. Good night. Woo! All right. <laughs> Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs> uh later. Bye guys.
Hey, I have I have a quick uh, a quick segment. It's called Check Out Frankie's Arm. No, Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> uh, do I really want to show everybody? I'm not looking. Oh, Frankie. You got bit by a basilisk. I'm turning into a dragon, and this is my first scale. Oh, no one likes that. Everybody pray for my Mickey. <laughs> Everybody's like, gross. They're like, what kind of spider got into your apartment, Frankie? A magic spider. <laughs> 